Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. Well, since we're talking about resilience and um, the power of strength today, I thought I would do a poem. I think you will probably recognize it. Um, We'll talk after. The poem is If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you give your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start at the beginning and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone, and so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. I remember I had to memorize that in school and recite it. Anybody else have to memorize it? Dang, it's long. <laughs> and you get to the last line, and it says, you'll be a man, my son. I'm going, I'm really invested in this. Why does it say that? <laughs> but actually, apparently, Rudyard Kipling actually wrote this for his son. So that softens the blow a little bit. And one other interesting thing, I didn't know this, but... Uh, An excerpt of this poem is written above the tennis player's entrance at Wimbledon. I thought that was cool. Some of you may have seen it, but... Well, this morning I wanted to talk about three kinds of strengths. The physical, mental, and of course, spiritual strength. And as I was thinking about physical strength, my mind took a little developmental journey, you know, kind of growing up. I don't know where I'm going here, sorry. (laughs) Trying to get ready, trying to get through faster. No, I'm just kidding. But when we were young, um, well, I certainly did, and the kids I hung out with, and I suspect kids still do, but think of uh, 
strength as physical strength. There's plenty of stories and fairy tales and myths that often present that view of strength. And we'll see how many action heroes we see this Halloween. But for example, there's Hercules, one of the Roman gods who was famous for his strength. There are many, many stories about Hercules. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is. And there are many statues and works of art of him as well. And often when you see these works of art with Hercules, you also see another guy beside him, and that is the Titan god Atlas. Remember, he's the one that Zeus condemned to carry on his back the rest, I mean, the celestial heavens and sky for the rest of his life, for eternity, actually. You've seen that statue of the guy that bent over carrying the world. And the reason I mention Atlas in particular is because how many of you recognize the name Charles Atlas? Few people. Um, well, Charles Atlas, that wasn't his real name, by the way. He was an Italian-American, and he lived in Brooklyn growing up, and he was skinny and frail and bullied and beaten up by all the neighborhood kids. But get this, it was a, tr a school trip to a museum where he saw the statues of Hercules and Atlas that inspired him to start bodybuilding. And eventually then the kids started calling him Atlas. So that's why he officially changed his name to Charles, Charles Atlas. But he was an incredible bodybuilder. This is in the 20s, way before Schwarzenegger, of course. But uh, he was something else. And he sold his exercise program by mail order. So I'm, I'm not going to ask how many older guys sent in for that uh, that packet of materials, but anyway, that was pretty interesting. And of course, in the Hebrew Bible, there's Samson, who was purportedly so strong, he slayed a lion with his bare hands. But of course, we also remember that he fell for Delilah, and she was working on the behalf of the Philistines, which was unbeknownst to Samson, of course. But she eventually got him to confess what made him so strong. And of course, it was his hair. hair, of course, who knew? Not the Philistines. And when they found out, they chopped off his hair and he lost his strength. And there's a lot more about that story. But today, let's just suffice to say that we know about Samson primarily because of his physical strength. And there are many others, of course, but those are just a sample of a few characters that most of us know, uh, or some of us anyway, through their physical strength. And of course, physical strength is important. We need to be strong enough to do the work that is ours to do. As we begin to get older, though, growing up, we learn about other kinds of strength, such as mental and emotional strength. We hear and read stories about people that have strong character, even if they're not physically strong. And we meet some of those people, and some of them are in our own family. I remember, for example, that both my mother and grandmother were incredibly strong women in a time when decidedly it was a man's world, so to speak. My grandmother's young husband was killed in a plant explosion on Easter morning, leaving her with three small children to rear. My mother was one of those children. She was age four. My grandmother had never worked outside the home. She didn't have a very good formal education, 
and they didn't have a lot of money. But despite that terrible tragedy, she did not let that define her entire life. She eventually remarried, and that's the grandfather that I knew and loved uh, growing up, and I lived with him quite a bit. So we began to learn about strength and courage and steadfast in different ways. And of course, mental and emotional strength is very important, especially when coping with difficult situations. Well, what about spiritual strength? There is another story, one more story in the Hebrew Bible, and I'm using it because it demonstrates, metaphysically, it demonstrates spiritual strength overcoming physical strength. And of course, it's the one about David and Goliath. You probably know that one too. Goliath was a big giant who had lots of armor, but metaphysically, he represents matter and material conditions. And David, of course, only had this very small uh, slingshot for protection, but metaphysically represents spiritual strength in that he used his divine intelligence to figure out the weakness in Goliath's armor and was able to destroy him. Well, our lives may not contain such dramatic happenings as these, but when we're on the spiritual path, we begin to realize that spiritual strength is back of all strength, underlies all strength, and can overcome all things with commitment, practice, and time. And in fact, Charles Fillmore, our co-founder in The Revealing Word, says as much, strength is physical, mental, and spiritual. All strength originates in spirit. The thought and the word spiritually expressed being manifestation. And of course, if you've been around Unity for a minute, you will have heard about the 12 powers, the 12 inherent powers that we as humans have that we can claim and access and draw out in life. But they do need to be drawn out or less they stay dormant. So today we're going to take a quick look at the power of strength. The disciple is Andrew. I asked Andrew to come down at this time. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Show his strength. But um, Andrew was a fisherman, as, as were a lot of the disciples, of course. So he was very strong. But uh, you can imagine, you know, uh, reeling in those huge nets of fish and being out in the, in the water in those precarious boats. So he was very strong. But once he started following Jesus, he needed to develop another kind of strength. And in this case, the ability to stick with the choice that he made. So despite outer circumstances, he did stay the course. He did endure. And we can do that too. Be unwavering in the direction that we think is right and have chosen, hopefully through spiritual guidance and when we're coming from our highest nature. Well, the strength center is in the small of the back. This one makes a lot of sense to me, the backbone, right? Strength, the back. And in the book, Power Up, the 12 Powers Revisited as Accelerated Abilities by Paul Hasselbeck and Cher Holton, the authors point out that sometimes we make choices, but often we need help sticking with our choices. 
They speculate that it's maybe we don't believe enough in the cause or maybe we don't believe enough in ourselves to stick with our plan. They also talk about we could have underdeveloped or egocentric strength, and so they remind us the importance of combining faith with strength. And that's kind of easy to understand when you think about it. Isn't it a lot easier to stick with something if you feel strongly about it and committed in that way? It's also possible for us to have an overdeveloped power of strength. And by that, you may know people like this. You may be like this, but I don't think so. But willful and intractable, even though what the person has chosen is not working out at all. They've had numerous attempts. It's clearly not the right decision, but they absolutely refuse to change their mind. But Generally, what we should do is evaluate as we go along with, uh, with our plan, right? Uh, we want to stick with something, even if it's difficult. If we have faith that that is the path for us, if it is not, then we adapt, change to something that's more inspiring and has more of a chance of working out for our life. Well, I have lots of books on the 12 powers. I think I've bought every one that Unity has ever uh, sold, only because I think they're such great tools. But the book I wanted to share something with this morning was, uh, is actually from the 1970s, and it's called How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God by William Walsh, who was a New Thought minister, and he has a couple of really good points. I don't agree with everything in, in, in the book and, the, and the, the language even, but he's got some really good points, I think, on strength. So we've been talking about strength in terms of endurance and sticking with the course, but Wash says strength is stillness. And he reminds us that just action in and of itself is not strength, that strength actually comes from stillness. He says you will find your strength in the stillness and silence of your being and you will find your confidence and security by being still. It really made me think of that phrase, still waters run deep. Do you know some people like that? They may be a little shy or don't feel the need to put themselves out there, but you can just tell that they have a mountain of strength behind them. I worked with a woman like that. She would be in a meeting and not, not say a single word until a question was specifically asked of her not just what do we all think. But she was very intelligent and very strong and was very well respected. So most people probably just said, well, she's an introvert and you know, that's fine. But what they don't know is behind the scenes, she was wickedly funny. I mean, wickedly funny. We worked together for 19 years. I never laughed so hard, and except for those 19 years. I, I miss her a lot. But anyway, she was an example of uh, still waters run deep the strength that comes from stillness. Well, Wash talks about some of the spiritual aspects of strength. There you go. And I'm going to talk about them briefly. He talks about patience being an attribute. And he defines patience as calm endurance or persistent strength. And he says, when you need courage, become still. Take a deliberate step toward something spiritual. 
still yourself toward courage. And of course, we can claim our divine power of strength through our stillness in prayers and meditation. He also talks about tolerance, and he defines tolerance as your capacity to be fair-minded with those with whom you disagree. And he also reminds you know, how hard is that? And he also reminds us that it, it might be difficult for us to realize, but someone who acts and believes so differently than you is really expressing their level of consciousness just like you are. And that is their right to do so, as it is your right to do so as well. But the main takeaway here is if you find yourself in conflict with someone, it can be an overt conflict or it can be an inner conflict. You can have a conflict with the person internally and they don't even know you're having the conflict, right? Uh, but again, be still for tolerance and claim your inner divine strength. The third one, steadfastness. Basically, it's putting God first in our lives, claiming our powers of faith and strength and be unwavering in this endeavor. And fourth is balance, using strength to keep your equilibrium if things get out of balance. And I thought about that backbone again. You know, sometimes we get a little off this way and get a little off this way, but think about that erect backbone that can not only keep us strong, but can help us stay in balance. Resilience is another synonym for strength, and there's been a ton of writing and research on this topic, especially in positive psychology. The main definition that you'll see is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. But here's a line I really love, and this is from Reverend Sharon Connors, who's a unity minister, and she has a book called Adventures in Resilience. The resilience factor is in all of us as an expression of life itself. It is our capacity to move from being a victim to a survivor to a thriver. That's a really good quote. And, of course, most of us deal with many difficult situations in our life that call for strength. That can be obstacles such as situations at work, health issues, family matters, financial difficulties, or even a major loss such as the death of a loved one. All of these situations call for endurance and resilience. I'd now like to turn to some strategies for building resilience. First, we're going to look at a couple of experts, and then we're going to look at a poll that I did. I watched a little video on YouTube called How to Build Resilience by Dr. Lucy Hone. She is a faculty member and researcher in the field of resilience in New Zealand. She's an author. She's also a very popular speaker. Apparently, she did a TED Talk that went viral during the pandemic. So if you really want to explore resilience more, I would recommend that. I only saw the three-minute um, YouTube video. But she also, besides being this researcher, she also had a horrific event in her own life. Her 12-year-old daughter was killed in a car wreck. So her research in, and resilience has turned more toward resilience in grief. And she shares three strategies that she used 
to have resilience, for she believes that people can be taught to be resilient. Her three strategies. Nope. Her three strategies are, number one, understanding that suffering is part of life. And what she means by that is that tough thing, remembering that tough things happen to all of us, that misfortune and difficulties are common. And the reason that this one is important is so one doesn't feel singled out. You know, taking just a little bit more broader perspective when possible and not feel singled out. Second, tune into the good. The important here is the counterbalance between good and what's going on. So not losing total perspective. And she says that resilient people are, are cautious about where they focus their attention. And her third strategy is ask yourself this, she says, is the way I am thinking or acting right now helping or harming me, harming me in my quest to get through this? Is what I'm doing right now helping or harming me in my quest to get through this? And of course, part of this one is knowing when you need to reach out for help as well. For studies have shown that supportive connections is probably the most important thing that we can do to build resilience. Friends, clergy, counseling, other professional help. And from Dr. Nancy Little, author of Energy Sparks to Recharge, Refresh, and Revitalize, here are some more strategies. These are strategies in general, not particularly related to grief. Number one, the, she echoed uh, the previous author, the importance of caring friends with whom you can be vulnerable while being supported at the same time. Feeling safe and find, excuse me, find safe and soothing sanctuaries. And here she says you need a place or even more than one when you feel overwhelmed. It could be the garden, it could be the countryside, it could be the lake, any place that's peaceful for you, or it could simply be in your own home that you set up a little, a little cove uh, where perhaps uh, it's, it's a peaceful area where perhaps you have candles or whatever it's important to you, favorite things that you like. And she does say we could have several safe havens. And she also recommends having sites already chosen for when and if we need them because we all go through difficult and sometimes very difficult circumstances. Three, this one's important too. Remember that you have already dealt with many obstacles and challenges in your life. If you can recall the strategies and the choices that you made at that time that you used before. And she recommends writing these out if you can. And reminding yourself that you have been strong before and you can be strong again. And finally, actively process your emotional responses by what she calls appropriate methods. Things like journal writing, art therapy, physical movement to move the energy out of your body. 
Well, before we go into meditation, I wanted to share a little informal poll that I took with nine of my friends. I wanted to know how they built resiliency when met with challenges. And my direct question was, what are some coping mechanisms or strategies that you use to stay resilient? So here are their remarks. Notice how many are similar to the ones that we've talked about. In fact, oh well, stay in the present moment. Take one day at a time. Remember earlier challenges and realize how you got through them. And you can get through this too. Pray. Pray with chaplains. Call silent unity. You can tell there are a few unitics in here. Ask for support from family and friends. Get professional help. Go within to my center of hope. Patience. Gratitude med meditations. Try and put things in perspective. Volunteering to help others. Give myself and others grace. Create and view art. Get out in nature. Journal. Reading in general and specifically how others have dealt with stress. EFT and tapping. Knowing that we are never separate from God. Knowing that it might not be fast, but you will get through this crisis. I have some pretty smart friends, don't I? They named a lot of the practices that the experts do, and I'd be interested if you'd like to share with me. I'm really interested now in this resilience topic. Share with me some of your strategies. Well, the spiritual power of strength is our foundation to stay the course when challenged by life and navigating unfamiliar terrains. So let us claim and, and assert our divine power of strength right now with today's meditation. So settle in, get comfortable, begin to relax your mind and your body. We're going to take it nice and slow today. With the exception of a couple of denials, this is really just a series of affirmations. Know these words for yourself. I deny the thoughts of weakness and hopelessness have power over me. Divine strength flows through me now as energy, reassurance, and patience. Lean into my innate resilience and creative thought. I am strong, steady, and tolerant.
Doubts and fears have no power over me, for I am strengthened from within. I have the inner strength to hold fast, stay the course, and endure. I am a strong, well-balanced person. and centered in unlimited strength. I use my strength to move beyond insults and rebukes. a strong backbone. I stand up for my beliefs. Again and again, I return to the silence to restore my sense of balance through the power of strength. Charles Fillmore, God is the strength of my life, and I am powerful in every part. God is the strength of my life, and I am powerful in every part. I have the strength to keep on keeping on. And I claim my power of divine strength right here, right now. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.